As Christian parents, we know that long gone are the days when our so-called Christian American culture can be relied upon to help us build good character into our kids, much less to nurture in them a biblical worldview. Sadly, even many churches today are hard-pressed to do so. Many would say that this is one reason that the church is now so marginalized, discriminated against, and openly attacked would actually be more accurately describing the plight of churchgoers adhering to a biblical worldview today. So we the parents, well, we're going to have to be on our own more intentional about helping our kids adopt a biblical worldview. We'll also need to know and teach our kids to know how to defend a biblical worldview with the tools that unbelievers actually identify with. Things like science, logic, history, and the ability to reason while constructing a cogent argument for what we believe, and all while being respected witnesses to the character and power of Jesus Christ. Sound overwhelming? <laughs> Perhaps. But the power of God and today's broadcast just might encourage you to buckle down and buckle up, knowing the truth is on your side. We're going to dive into it deeply next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Our program has been on the air for a number of years to try to export what we learn inside the gates of Shepherds Hill to help you be a more intentional, biblical worldview-minded parent. Uh, perhaps awkward wording, but basically we want, to know, we want you to know how to take the ball and run with it. Now, the host on our program is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, Trace Embry. And Shepherd's Hill, by the way, is a year-long residential Christ-centered program working with troubled teens. And Trace, you have always maintained that, well, without having a biblical worldview, parents really have no transcendent objective source for raising their kids in a way that offers both the parents and their kids optimum hope and character for living a healthy life. And I'm guessing you still maintain that idea? Oh, well, you've guessed right, Rich. Uh, <laughs> but I think the, the, the more important thing for parents to understand is that without God and his word to reveal to us that there's actually more to life than just this mere 70 or maybe even 100-year sojourn on this planet Earth— Life is little more than a carnal theater of pain and tragedy. I mean, think about that. Why? Because no matter how rich, how powerful, or, or pleasured you, you happen to be in this life, your future is the same as the next guy. It all ends in death. But thank God for Jesus Christ because he's given us hope that there's much more to life than just this mere earthly sojourn. But we have to accept this truth by faith. Not just because we want to, but because of the evidence. Today's guest is going to share some of this evidence and the reasons we should all have for the hope that we have in us. And then we can better equip our kids to acquire that same hope. Hope creates emotionally stable human beings. And that's what we really all want for our kids, is it not? It is indeed. And I know that sounds like a very somber way to open the program. The good news is, as our guest is somebody who can bring excitement to this or any conversation. Dave Glander is a repeat offender here on Licensed to Parent. That means he's been a previous guest. Uh, Dave was a devout atheist prior to experiencing a radical encounter with Jesus Christ, and he is now a deeply committed believer, uh, both in Christ and in the Bible. Uh, Dave's been a pastor for many years. He's the founder of an apologetics youth summer camp called Equip Retreat. He's also the author of Faith Survival Guide and the book that we want to talk about today called How, Why, and Where. And incidentally, in his past life, Dave also hosted the What is Truth radio show 
So he will be bringing his dulcet radio tones to our conversation today. <laughs> Dave, glad to have you with us today on License to Parent. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's always great to be here. It's it's feels like a trip home. <laughs> Dave, tell us about your book. You know, how, why, where, uh, and why it's so important for this book at such a time as this, so to speak. So this book took me almost five years to write because um, I wanted to write it under 100 pages. And the reason for that is because I, I really have a heart for youth more than more than anybody. I mean, I love adults, don't get me wrong, but I just, um, I have a heart for this generation that's coming up. And this generation that's coming up has such a short attention span. I mean, you can't, if a video is more than three minutes long, they probably won't watch it. And if a book is more than 100 pages, unless it's a Harry Potter book, they're, uh, they're certainly not going to read it. And so it was very challenging because I wanted to address the three questions that, Every person has to ask, you know, how did we get here? Why are we here? And where do we go when we die? And so it doesn't really matter what time you were born in or where you were born or to what ethnicity you were born or what education level your family is or, you know, how rich you are, or how poor you are. You always have to answer those three questions before you die. And so this book was really near and dear to my heart because I really wanted to um, give solid answers to those three fundamental questions. But really, the, the the heartbeat of the book is the why part. That, so I actually, it's called how, why, where, but I actually go in order how, where, why, because I wanted the why to be the, the final punch at the end of the book, because I wanted people to see that a life in Christ, you know, and this is coming from somebody who lived 30 years as a devout atheist, and so I, I know the other side of the story, a life devoted to Christ and living that out is the most fulfilling satisfying experience that any human can possibly experience because that's how we were designed to be. So that's really the heart of this book. And it's really the first time my, um, most of my personal testimony is, is, uh, been put into written word as well. So I, and I tell the story from like the first person perspective, like you and I are sitting on the front porch and I just got a uh, review the other day from a reader. I'm not sure who it was, but they said, they felt like the author was talking to me and not at me, which made the book very readable. So, so I, I, it's a, it's probably out of all the books I'll ever write, this is probably always going to be my favorite, just because of the nature of the book. And uh, what are some specific things that the parents can glean from your your life, your personal life, uh, that's in that maybe you've touched on in the book that uh, can help them better prepare their kids to engage a world that hates the God that they no longer believe in. So. Kids go through a lot of stuff that I don't even think parents realize they go through. And, and, and unfortunately, right. nowadays, um, parents, we're, we're, we're a shin-kicking show, aren't we? We're allowed to do that? Shin-kicking? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just go back to the time that two things. One, when I coached baseball and parents would drop their kids off at baseball practice, and then it was like a babysitting service. And I kept trying to tell them, like, I only have an hour a night, you know, two nights, and then we got a game. If you're not playing catch with them or hitting practice at home, they're not going to improve. Yeah, I can't do this for true. you, you know? Well, the same thing in youth ministry. I've been in youth ministry for almost 17 years, and I've realized that parents expect the youth pastor to completely grow their child in the spirituality of, <laughs> of Christ. Right. And I'm like, but I only have them for an hour on a Wednesday night, you know, or, or maybe some time on Sunday if I'm if we're lucky, if we have the right programs in place. And so what I would say to parents is, is get more involved in your kids' lives because a lot of what I dealt with as a kid, whether it was sexual abuse, drug abuse, the whole nine yards, a lot of that I've addressed in the opening to the book, but then I go into what can you do about that? And, and the evidence is for how we got here let kids know and parents know especially that that look god is real he is the creator of everything that we see and so i think when when kids wrap their mind around and i try and get the science real just broken down simple and not too scientific so that way it keeps their attention 
But I think if they realize that they were specially created, which gets back into the the, the why part, mm-hmm. I think if parents would take the time to spend with their kids to see what's really going on with them and address the hurts that they're carrying around with them and then know how to say, hey, there is a God for every single scenario you're going through. There's a hope for that through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Dave, uh, Trace was just asking the question about can parents glean this or that from the book, asking it from the parent's perspective. But I think I heard you say that this book, you you wrote it targeting kids to read it as well, right? I, you know, I, I target one audience when I, when I write, when I speak, when I teach, and that's uh, youth with ADD. And what ends up happening <laughs> is the youth with ADD pick up what I'm putting down. The other people are entertained by it enough that they're picking up what I'm putting down. And even the staunch, like, you know, conservative, they don't move, they sit there with expression, no expression on their face, even they're getting something from it because they're like, this guy's just crazy. I mean, he has lost his marbles. But what he's saying is loaded with facts. And so it's, it's, it's my approach is, is, Everybody's got ADD. I'm going to teach like that. I'm going to write like that. And like I said, that's why I wrote it with the first person perspective because I knew a conversation would be well received versus like some you know literature on science yeah. that's going to talk at you. So well, well, you're in good company, Dave, because all the Old <laughs> Testament prophets and all the New Testament disciples and apostles were considered nuttier than squirrel dung. All right, so you know yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're in good, good good company. And they wrote the Bible. Yeah, uh, and, and yet they pulled rabbits out of the hat all the time. And speaking of rabbits, pulled. Of the head. Why isn't your uh, life story the unique or miraculous uh, transformations that took place in your life story, or the stories of so many others like yours, uh, evidence enough for the skeptic to at least explore the possibilities? Uh, and, and other evidences for the existence of God. Well, no, I, w- I would actually disagree a little bit. I think okay. sometimes it is enough because I think our personal testimony is something okay. that they can't take from us. And I know for, you know, I'm loaded with tattoos and people look at me, you know, I, I'm able to share the gospel with some people that wouldn't listen to it if it was coming from a suit-wearing pastor. Not that there's anything wrong with a suit-wearing pastor, mm-hmm. but I think it's that when you share your personal testimony and the things that, that you've gone through that made you who you are, and, and, and on the flip side of that, how God's used those. Like, for instance, being sexually abused, and, and then I can talk about how I've been standing in front of a room of a thousand kids and sharing my, my stories of sexual abuse, and those kids coming up later saying, this is going on, or I went through this, they thought they were alone in the process. And so mm-hmm. seeing how God can use that, I think, you know, the personal testimony is one of the strongest things to get, get because people don't want to listen to another sermon. They want a story, especially this generation coming up. This generation coming up is all about narrative. It's all about stories, you know, and and when you look at all the different video games they're playing, when you and I were playing, it was a dot bouncing across the screen. Now they've got, you know, these fundamental like scenarios they've got to go through. Well, yeah, it's virtual reality. And so they identify to a story. And if, and if parents, if parents would get transparent about maybe some of the things that they've gone through or are going through as parents, it's being an adult's not the easiest thing in the world. So sometimes if we were more real with our kids, I think we would have a better relationship with our kids instead of just trying to hold that that line where, you know, we're perfect, you're broken, let's fix you, don't worry about me. You know, yeah. sometimes the parents have got to be real in front of their kids and let them know that life is full of roller coaster rides. Yeah. You know, something that just came out of this, so as I was listening to you, Dave, talking about, you know, being covered with tattoos and that sometimes kids will listen to you when they may not listen to a suit-wearing pastor, I think parents need to remember that just as you, Dave, were made to be the exact person that you are, God puts people in all different strata, in all different socioeconomic classes, in all different ethnicities. I mean, God's got people all over the planet 
so that there's always somebody who can speak to that individual who needs to hear him. But I think what we as parents forget is that God has placed us in the role as the parent of this child or that child or the other child, and we're where we're supposed to be. And I think far too many of us, and I'll hold my hand up, have been at times scared to take on that role. But, you know, I think your evidence right here that, hey, God made me like I am. This is where God put me. This is what I do. Well, and it, it is possible to be friends with your kid and be the parent. Like, I did that with my own son, and, and I think that's where too many parents nowadays think they have to be friends with their kid, and they're too afraid to put the parental gauntlet down. And I'm like, no. I, when, when my son knew it was parent time, yeah. there must have been a different look in my face yeah. or something, because he knew it was like, oh, oh, there, there's dad. You know, yeah. like, no, I think you make a good point. I think you make a real good point. We're talking today with Dave Glander, a former devout atheist, now a very committed and radical believer in Jesus Christ and the Bible. He's author of a book that we're talking about today called How, Why, and Where. And we'll be back with more conversation on License to Parent right after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org. Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with troubled teens and, as we've said, by extension, their families. Our guest on today's program is Dave Glander. Uh, Dave is a former atheist but now a deeply committed believer in Jesus Christ. He's written a number of books. He runs a youth summer camp called Equip Retreat that focuses on uh, youth apologetics. Uh, But the book that we're talking about today is one in which he uh, tries to answer several questions from his life and his life in Christ. It's called How, Why, 
and where. And right before the program, we were talking about the fact that God puts people in all places and in all socioeconomic levels and uh, everywhere and equips each one of us to be the person that we are, to be able to speak to other people. Uh, Trace, during the break, you and I were, and, and Dave were talking about the fact that we don't always know what seeds we sow by the life we lead. At least we yeah. don't always know it at the time it happens. But mm-hmm. uh, you were telling me that you have received uh, cards, emails, uh, letters from people sometimes years after a student oh, yeah. has been here at Shepherd's Hill. And these may not even be from the student themselves, but maybe from somebody right. whose life has been blessed. Share a couple of those stories. Well, I'm just dazzled as to how the seeds that are planted here, and, and, and most often we get to harvest them, you know, fertilize them, cultivate them. But sometimes, you know, it, it's it's not till years later that that seed it takes root, and uh, or or it it gets scattered out there in the world someplace halfway across the planet, and we'll get an email from someone who you know you don't know me, but I know so, you know a family that we're being ministered to at Shepherd's Hill, and it's impacted my entire family. It's changed the course of our lives, and I just want to thank you for having the opportunity of rubbing shoulders with a true miracle, whether it's the kid or the family that was here at Shepherd's Hill. And I get those type of things. You know, semi-regularly, you know, Jesus changed the whole world with 12 people, uneducated people, and no internet, no telephone, no TV, no, no mass communication. Changed the whole earth. That's the kind of impact that the, uh, the gospel can have and the spirit of Christ can have on people when it's genuine. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Dave, maybe you can elaborate on this. Uh, I think there's a lot of... Um, churchianity out there <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and maybe you can you can piggyback on that one of the, one of my i want to i want to piggyback off the storytelling i think one of my um i had this one gentleman who uh and he could sing he was in a youth group i was there speaking and and even during the warm-up before the the uh the actual service i was like man this this kid can sing he's just a little teenager he can sing you know he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him well, you know, Facebook friends keeping up through the years and stuff. And um, next thing you know, man, he, I mean, I've seen some kids go down some weird roads. He goes down a drag queen road that he wasn't just a drag queen. He was like in it, you know, full, full on all the shows. All of his friends were all drag queens. They were in their network. And I mean, just really raunchy posts and stuff. And, um, you know, sometimes you've got to be that, that, that thing that goes against the grain. And I was that to him. And so I, through the years, I, I maintained a relationship, but I would always speak the truth to him because I, I know that's what he needed to hear. And so I, I, you know, just always prayed for him and spoke the truth to him and, and didn't think he was listening to a word of it. I mean, you know, I thought he was actually being pushed away. I was trying to be very nice, but I thought, you know, he's being pushed away. Well, it was years later, all of a sudden I get this friend request from this guy and I'm looking and I'm like, He's kissing a girl that looks like him. That's his name, isn't it? And all of a sudden, I start looking, and I realize, no, that's him, and he's married now. And so I send him this this message. I'm like, dude, what what is going on? Like, what happened, you know? He goes, we need to talk. And so I gave him my phone number, and he calls me, and he says, man, I was uh, God just knocked me down and made me realize that I was walking the wrong way. He goes, but you were the only person during that entire time that stayed with me through the entire thing. And so I just want to thank you for that. And you stayed with him. You stayed connected. You kept speaking truth into him. I think that's another model of what God does with us. Absolutely. God does not 
accept and say, hey, that's great, thumbs up, you're, you're doing this sinful behavior that I find atrocious, but God says, I'm still with you, however. Yeah. And in yeah. your case, the however was, however, I've got to speak truth to you. I've got to stay that way. And as parents, when our kids go off the rail at times, we still need to be showing them in every way, shape, and form that we can how much we love them. Yeah. But we've got to be speaking that truth. And and, and uh, staying with them might not look the way we think staying with them uh, should look. because Or the way they father, think it should look. Right. Our father has got a long fuse, okay? But at the end of that fuse is this big honking bomb yeah. that can go off and, and, and bring some justice into the equation. Well, there's, there's, there, I think most people confuse walking with somebody and then like condoning or accepting or validating right. what they're doing. You're like... It's so I can I can love anybody through any circumstance. That doesn't mean that I need to show them that I'm accepting that. Right. You know, I've I've got gay people that I minister all to all the time, and they know where I stand, right. and and we respect one another. I respect them as a human being, as a person who was created in the image of God, but they know that I don't condone what they're doing. You know, and so I can walk with them, Rich, and I can hold their hand, and I can pray with them, and I can love them, yeah. and they know that I deeply love them. But that at no point in time am I am I risking my Christianity to say that I'm validating or accepting or condoning what they're doing is a big difference. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot to say about getting back to the fundamentals uh, of parenting or, or living life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story uh, that was told about uh, Vince Lombardi, and he he won you know many games with the Green Bay Packers, and then all of a sudden they started losing, and uh, he gathered the guys up in the in the locker room. And this is how fundamental he got. He got them all gathered up, and he holds a football out in front of them. And he says, gentlemen, we're getting back to the fundamentals. This is a football. And they started from there. He went on to, you know, more fundamental things that was kind of insulting. But I think uh, we have to get back to the fundamentals uh, on on raising our kids. And I think uh, that fundamental for the Christian is we got to know Jesus. Yeah, We got to know, you know, God and his word. Why should knowing Jesus and the gospel message be the most important thing that a parent could ever introduce their child to? Yeah, it's so funny because that's, so I, I took a sabbatical from pastoring for a little while. And during that time, I've really listened to the voice of God. And through COVID, what I realized is that the world is now hopeless in a way that they weren't before. You know, like this hopelessness has is, is developed. And I'm like, you know what? Instead of the gospel message being really complicated to share with somebody, it's actually very easy now to share because the hope of Christ offers the hope, the ultimate hope through this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. But it dawned on me during this entire process that when I got saved, um, you know, I was I was pro abortion, pro gay marriage, pro whatever, a carpe diem as long as it didn't affect me. You know, I was that was cool with whatever you wanted to do, including the lifestyle I was leading, you know. And, um, and, And when I got saved, that was when I started to conform my reality with his reality. And it wasn't a lofty argument from a pastor or an apologist or or a church or anything. It was the person of Jesus Christ. And it was the moving in of Jesus Christ in my life that changed my views. And so that's why it's more important than anything that we get our kids to understand who the person of Jesus Christ is. However, that needs to look to to that person that they fully understand and integrate who Christ is into their life. Because it's only Christ that's going to be able to make that change. We can't change anybody. Well, with 7 billion people in the world all wanting to do their own thing during at their own time, doing what they want when they want. 
the logical outworking of that is chaos, and that's what we're seeing more and more. That's exactly what we're seeing today. You know, in in times past, particularly in America. Uh, But so we're conforming really to the way that a lot of the world has conducted their affairs, and we're suffering greatly for it. So I'm about to share in chapel with the kids an illustration that I use, and it's a I use Monopoly as the as the game. And I say, what if I walk into the room and you and I are sitting there, and I say, I'm going to go into the kitchen, fix a sandwich and a drink. I'll be right back. Set up the game however you want. And so you're like, well, however I want, this is great, you know? And so you put all the properties on your side, all the money's on your side. You give me Connecticut because that's where I'm from. You're being generous. You give me a hundred dollar bill. You know, you got hotels on all your properties. You give me a little house or on, on mine, you know, like it, it's, so you set it up however you want because you're setting yourself up to win. Yeah. And, and, but I walk in the room and then I just look at it and I'm like, nah, and I knock all the pieces off the board and you're like, what in the world? Yeah. And so then I'm like, I, I forgot the drinks. I'll be right back. Set up the board however you want. So you set it up again, exactly the way you did the first time. Because you know you're setting it up that you can win the game, and I have no chance of winning. I come back in the room, I look at it, I knock all the pieces off the board, and you're like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I don't like the way you set that up. And you said, well, you told me to set it up however you want. And we get into this dispute over how the board's going to be set up, and finally you're like, look, have you broke out the directions? And I'm like, what directions? What do you mean? And all of a sudden you break out the directions, you slap them down on the board, and I'm like, wait. There's a means to the end. There's a point to this. Like, yeah. and and so I'm like, look, the creator of the game Monopoly gets to make the rules before because exactly. they created it, yes. and it's up to us to play the game within the bounds yeah. of the rules because we didn't create. When you create a game, yeah. you make the rules. You're the guy. Well, did you create the universe? Right. Nope. Did you create the world? <laughs> nope. Did you create yourself? Nope. Did you give yourself breath? Nope. Right. Okay. Well, somebody did. Yeah. And guess what? Since he's the creator, he gets to make the rules. We don't get to make the rules. And so I use that illustration just to say, look, it would behoove you if you want to. Really play the game well and and enjoy the game he's set forth the rules of the game Mm -hmm. it's not for you to bring your seven million seven billion opinions to it and say here's game creator this is what we want you to do no the game has rules and he gave us those rules in the 66 books it's real simple well gentlemen i think that's a great place to end this conversation we're going to need to continue it in next week's broadcast because we are completely out of time this time Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dave Glander, a former devout atheist and now a dedicated Christian pastor, the founder of Equip Retreat and Apologetics Youth Summer Camp, and author of the book, How, Why, and Where. And if you'd like the free video resource that Dave mentioned, just text the word ADIOS to 51555. Speaking of resources, we often talk about our parent ministry, Shepherds Hill Academy on Licensed to Parent. That's our year-long, Christ-centered residential program working with troubled teens and with their families. Now, if you feel like you are at the end of your rope as a parent and you don't know where to turn for answers, Shepherds Hill is here for you. We really do have kids who come and stay here for an entire year, living here, going to school here, working with licensed counselors here, and getting their lives turned around. And we can do the same for your child. We work not only with the kids, but with the entire families as well. That way we change the home environment for the better. If you don't know where to turn and wonder if a residential program might be what you and your teen need, please reach out to us. Go to LicensedToParent.org and click on the link to Shepherds Hill Academy. And from there, you'll see how to contact our office, talk to a real-life person, and find out more about what we offer. There's no obligation, but we are here to answer any questions that you might have. Now, if you're not a parent of a troubled teen, let me ask you a favor. Would you be willing to help change the life of one? The kids who come here with one foot in the jail and the other in the grave leave here as change agents, actually changing the world for Christ. 
Now, there's a video on the Shepherd's Hill homepage that shares some of these success stories, and we'd like you to be a part of that change. Your gift in any amount can help change one life at Shepherd's Hill, and when you do that, you change many lives down the line. So I'm inviting you now to join us. Please become one of our ministry partners. It really is life-changing, not only for the teen and the teen's family, but for you as well. You can donate quickly and easily by going to our website, licensedtoparent.org, and clicking the Donate button at the top of the page. And thank you in advance. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you back again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.